0: Hello and welcome to The Working Parent Podcast. This podcast is designed to support working parents throughout lockdown, lockdown plural, as we're now living through. I'm Sharon Charlton-Thompson, I'm one of the founders of The Working Parent Company, and you can find out more about us at theworkingparentcompany.co.uk. If you'd like daily resources, then please follow us on LinkedIn, The Working Parent Company. Happy New Year, this is the first podcast of 2021 and a hopeful new year too. I'm delighted on our first podcast to be able to introduce our first couple. So we have mum and dad, Ruth and Stu. Ruth Ashby is global talent partner at Vodafone. She's also an occupational psychologist who has had senior roles in media consultancy and financial services. And her husband, Stu, served for seven years as a Royal Marine Commando before establishing his own business at Fieldworks Gym in Hackney. I want to give a shout out to Fieldworks Gym in Hackney because Stu runs a series of classes there called Strong Mother, which you'll hear a little bit about in the podcast. So if you're in the area, please check the gym out. During the podcast, we talk around maternity leave, how as a couple, They manage both the transition into maternity leave, what they use to structure and plan their maternity leave, and also the transition back into the workplace for Ruth. They look at the importance of shaping the role, boundaries, childcare, line managers, managing up courageous conversations. There are lots of lovely insights in there. And then we also look at our experiences and our observations of being families during the pandemic and what that's been like, what has helped and what hasn't. What struck me in speaking to Stu and Ruth is that what runs through their parenting and their lives is a real strength around knowing what's important for them. And it was an absolute delight to chat to them. I should mention that this recording was done December 2020, so we weren't in the current lockdown. Stu and Ruth, I am really excited to speak to you both, partly because you're the first couple we've had on the podcast. So I want to say a huge thank you for being generous in giving us your time. And also because you both work. So you're a, a, you know, you're a working family. And that's really important for the increasing number of parents where there is both parents work. And I know you've got your lovely girls that are now six and three years old. But I'd first of all love to know, I'd love to take you back to your maternity leaves. Um, and I'm sure they were different between child number one and child number two, but I guess my question would be if you had that time again what is it that you wish you had known about maternity leave
1: for sure and and i think they were really different because they were really different babies um so my first maternity leave was pretty stressful um because emmy had horrible reflux so it was my first baby and she screamed all the time. Uh, and my second maternity leave was a lot better because that yeah. was not the case. <laughs> and and I sort of knew how mothering worked, which I definitely did not know the first time around. I I think then in terms of the return to work, the the things that were important for me to think about and for us to agree together was the piece around um, who's going to do what work uh, in the house. So who's doing pickups and drop-offs, making dinner and um, doing all those things. And as a woman and a feminist, also being quite serious that there's a 50-50 split On that work. Um, One of the exercises that I did with a coach, which really helped me, was called the ideal week. And it's this idea that you map out your ideal week. So when are you going to go to yoga? When are you going to drink wine? When are you going to um, see your friends? So your ideal week and you have your partner do the same. And then you overlay those things onto the necessities of your domestic life so that you can work out when you get to do the stuff that really is good for you is necessary for you as well as pickups yeah (laughs) Yeah. bath times All, all the things that yeah are are your basics but making sure that you have space in your diary for things that are enriching for you and I did that on both returns with stew yeah and then yeah. we had a post-it note yeah. that sat on the fridge for the longest time um which i think we also reduced so the post-it note was very practical
2: yeah
1: who's on pickup Who's on drop-off Who's doing bath time Who's doing bedtime all those things um and it, it did stop some of the fights
3: yeah no definitely i think i think just yeah planning the week that was probably uh the most important thing that we did yeah and
1: and that it it sort of stayed like that and
3: making sure that it was even uh so that I had time to work and do the stuff that I needed to do but I also had time with the girls and we had time with each other so yeah just like all the kind of different priorities that have to arrive each week like there is something factored in for all of them um and then yeah it takes out a lot of the ambiguity it takes out a lot of the yeah because I don't think we had apart from fatigue fights and who was getting up at two o'clock in the morning yeah. it was it was yeah.
1: but I do remember sending texts when it was the are you doing pickup and I would be like refer to post it note <laughs> like, yeah. I, I am not doing pickup because that is not what it says on the note. Yeah um so just having yeah
3: yeah certain, some structure a time, uncertainty
1: I think I
0: love I love the fact that you had it on the fridge because <clears>
3: when
0: I think back to my first leave, I wish I'd been so organized. We had the Sunday night chat in in our house which was we both dreaded you know we both came to it a little bit angsty like oh no you said you were doing wednesday yeah, oh, no yeah. i was gonna i've got that meeting on tuesday yeah. morning and um for our second we did the ideal week um yeah did the ideal work exercise and it's just so important isn't it to not only get oversight of who's doing what Particularly these days when there are no real pink and blue jobs anymore. They all sort of yeah. merge, don't they? Um, who's doing what? But also to get that from the get-go, get that idea that 50-50 is how this works. You know, this is this is how raising a family works best, really.
3: Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you don't have things that you're not better at as such, but I mean, I would probably get up more during the night because I am better at getting up during the night. Like, so that's kind of factored into it. Um, I would do more of the cooking. Um, so it's not just a case of like every job is chopped in half and we do 50 50 or both. It's kind of a give and take of what would I prefer to do? What do you what are you happy doing? Um, and that's kind of I think, yeah, more important than getting it. Yeah, exactly. 50 percent sort of down the middle of every job. So there's more to it than just cutting everything in half i think
0: yeah playing to your strengths isn't it and again i think that's a really good thing to have a chat about as yeah. a, a couple about who does what and who's best at doing
2: what yeah
1: i think there are two other things there so the first is that ideal week i think we've continued to do it so yeah. as the girls started school again this year and you know working patterns change that you're re- you're revisiting that all the time um the second thing I would say is that piece around um, I'm, I'm really bad at cooking. I have no desire to be good at cooking. And so I'm really deliberate about just not getting involved in anything like that. Yeah. And I do the laundry instead. And so there's a piece, too, for women about if you say you like something and you're good at doing it, all of a sudden it's going to be your job. So it's really OK to back firmly away yeah. from some of those things. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And some of the things we habitually pick up, don't we? You know, without really questioning them or asking or, or chatting about them. They just become the things that, oh, that's what I do and that's what you do. So mm. to have a conversation about that is really helpful. Yeah. And I can imagine the girls, uh, that's good for them too, to see that mum and dad are both involved.
1: Yeah, and, and they, they know who's good at what. Yeah, like, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. But I think they do. I think they then also they get to spend lots of time with both of us because we're both doing. So I would do all the pickups, but Ruth does all the drop-offs because uh, that's how we are organised at the moment. Um, but it's a nice way to make sure that we're spending, you know, time with the girls equally, um, and it's not just one who's doing the childcare, one who's doing something else. So it's it's yeah, it's a division that way as well. It's nice. Okay. What else?
0: That's a great start. What else would you say that was a Piece of advice or wisdom that you wish you'd known.
1: So the other thing I think more particularly during my second mat leave is I felt because I didn't have a screaming baby this time I felt like I had time to think about what is the work that really matters to me um what is the work I care about that feels purposeful to me and so when I went back to work I could be really clear about that and then shape the role that let me play to that, let me play to my strengths, let me play to um, purpose. And like, it's a gift to be able to think about it and and that having thought about it, to be able to articulate that clearly, it's so important (laughs) in getting what you want next. Mm -hmm. So so I, I think that, and I also think that just because of the constraints on your time as a working parent, I became a lot more ruthless about what I did and didn't do. Um, and I don't think that hurt me at all. It's something I should have done a lot earlier in my career. I was just uh, more forced to by the time constraints. I love
0: that. I mean, one of the things we often say to, to you, um, parents after Matt leave is, who is who do you need to have a courageous conversation with? Because those career conversations, when we come back about, okay, this is where my strengths lie, this is the role that I'd love to um, scope for myself, those are conversations we, we don't often have unless there's a big transition or there's a promotion coming up or something like that. So to have the courage to, to put those conversations on the table is something to both be curious about. You know, you and your line manager, and you all, and HR, whatever it is, um, is a really good step, Ruth. And did you did that pay dividends for you? Did you get a result from that?
1: I got to do the work I wanted to do. I started to work a compressed week, so I went back a phased return, and then I worked five days in four. So, and that was really important to me. It meant Friday was my Ruth day. Yeah. It was my day to do sort of life admin and maybe go for a swim but maybe also just be by myself a little bit. So that having that day, yeah, was really important. And it did mean that I was working in the evenings, I was working after the girls went to bed, but that really worked for me. Mm -hmm. So just having that conversation about how does work get done as well as what is the work was important and productive.
0: And Sue, what about you? Did it affect you? did you take any
2: paternity?
3: Um, no I didn't, not really, not more than a week or two uh, just because I am self-employed and then it was during Libby's mat leave wasn't it, I, I opened a gym up so so no not really but I think what I was quite fortunate anyways I can kind of be quite flexible with my time uh, so I again can work in and around like our week like whatever works for the week then I can I can train here or I can coach there yeah. um, so that yeah. So I think, I think that helped an awful lot. Um, we're quite fortunate in that, but equally, yeah, I think it needs to be planned out, like when you're going to work, when you're going to be available for the family stuff, but then equally when are you going to be available for, as Ruth said, like your own time? Um, because unless you have that time to recharge, like your work's going to suffer, your family life will suffer. So that's just as important as the time that you can spend by yourself or as a couple, um,
2: yeah. It takes a lot of self-discipline, doesn't it, to, you know, to carve out that time. We we sort of live in a world at the moment where everybody screams self-care at us. Mm. a world that has got so busy that, you know, how can we possibly take time to look after yeah. ourselves as well? But we all know how critical it is. Yeah.
1: And that it doesn't have to be a huge amount of time. Like mm. it can be a swim
2: that's half an hour. But finding those, those times to recharge, as you say becomes so important particularly when you're, you're you've got small children
3: yeah and then it's not, not resenting when it gets taken away from you through something that you can't foresee, like someone wakes up you know uh, and then that half hour that you have by yourself is trying to put a small child back to bed
2: and also Reeve, I like what you say about the thinking about what matters to you both at home and at work and so being more discerning about where you spend your energy and time um, do you think that stayed with you? Now the girls are getting older? I think I'm still
1: reasonably ruthless. So yeah. I think so. I, though i though i I think it changes, and I think as your situation change, so I've started a new job relatively recently, I think as you find your feet on something new, the edges get a bit blurrier. Yeah. And and I think you can probably expect that for a while, but then there's a piece about being deliberate mm. around putting whatever those guardrails are mm. back on. So, mm. so, yeah, I think it's something to keep paying attention to.
0: And during the mat leave itself, I mean, that, that's quite a shift, isn't it? Going from full-on careers and then all of a sudden you're home with a small baby. That's quite a, a shift on, on so many different levels. How, what helped during that period for you to sort of be able to rest into it?
1: I think people help. So I, because I do think you, your identity changes a lot. And if your identity is very much bound up in being a professional, which for me it was that doesn't feel great it doesn't feel great to go from being quite competent in a workplace to being very incompetent as a mother so so i i think people i i did uh, the nct thing which yes. i think most people do and i think some of those women and the women i met through those women were like a huge source of comfort we don't have family close by yeah. which you know I, I wish that my mum had lived around the corner for that period but so so I think
2: yeah I
3: people... think definitely like you your your social circle does kind of change um, but actually kind of embracing that and yeah I mean we would still hang out with the NCT people from you know, sort of six years ago um, we would still be really good buddies with sort of nursery parents. Um and yeah, just I think finding yeah things to outside with other parents in the same situation. Um because they kind of understand what you're going through. And there's that sort of shared suffering type thing, which is quite, you know. For yeah. uh building, you know, new relationships with other other folks. Yeah.
2: It's a funny period of time, is it? You go from everything being so work centric and then all of a sudden it's it's much more community, isn't it? Because yeah. You're meeting people locally that probably you wouldn't have met necessarily yeah. before. And then they yeah. become your sort of support, your your tribe. Yeah. And those people. Yeah. One
1: of the things that we did, it was my second Matt Eve, um, through the gym, we set up, we called it strong mother, and it was um exercise uh, where you could bring your baby. And I made Stu do that because I wanted to do some exercise yeah. and I had a baby. Yeah. Um and that was also really lovely yeah. and through those classes you all, you again establish community and I think as as a new mum that like you're desperate yeah. for that so of course you go and do like a little bit of exercise but mainly you're going to have coffee yeah. afterwards yeah. <laughs> with the other people in the class so it, it's also having yeah things things to do that make you feel good and let you connect
0: how did you prepare for the transition back I mean I know you're saying that you had the, the conversation with work which I think is in, incredible but how did you prepare sort of emotionally about the return to work and, and leaving your your girls
1: I think I was quite ready to go back to work yeah so I wasn't worried about that we had them in a really nice nursery so I also wasn't worried about that um, I do remember going in, I did a couple of keep in touch type days and I was working at Canary Wharf at the time and I remember going to one of those and feeling really nervous, feeling like I was going to a new job and then you go in the building and you see everyone and it's just as it was before. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know that I did prepare particularly well. Well, I prepared in that I was happy with the nursery and I'd done some keep in touch and then it was about the conversations when I got back about, okay, so what's, what's the role? Yeah. How is this going to yeah. work? And mm-hmm. also the phased return. So I did three days for, you know, a good couple of months before I went to my four day pattern. So I think I, I think I just phased myself in.
3: Yeah. yeah I, I think like just making space for it. Like say the nursery was great. Uh, so then, cause that's taken care of the, the way we structured our week was taken care of. Like then you're, then you've got focus for other things again. Yeah. The
1: the other thing I would say there, though, is I had different line managers for my returns and I had quite different experiences based on how they approach returners. Um, The first was a woman who had kids who really was very gentle with me all the way through um, and sort of really helped the on-ramping. The second was a guy um, who didn't have kids who... Oh, and I would be good friends with him, but he def- he definitely was just like, oh, she'll be fine. But she is as she was and she'll be fine. So they they really approached it differently. And so I think there's a piece there about being conscious that you need to manage up on that mm. to get what you need.
0: Yeah, really helpful. I think that managing up is critical because, like you know, we know that line managers are either the number one enabler or the number one barrier to a successful return to back to to the workplace. And, and we see that sometimes as wholly their responsibility, but actually we have a responsibility there and as well, well to manage up with that relationship.
1: And to be able to say what you need.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Exactly. That's those courageous conversations again. And yeah. I love that you mentioned childcare and you found a great nursery for the girls because I always think childcare is is the number one investment to get right. Because if that's not right, nothing's
2: yeah. right.
1: Yeah. And Agreed. if you know that your kids are loved yeah. and having a fun time, yeah. you don't worry about them. So yeah. I, I definitely did. I wasn't at work thinking, are they OK? Have they eaten their lunch? Have they like I yeah. I just knew that they were loved yeah. and happy. And so I didn't have to think about it. Yeah. It allows
0: you to book. All of yourself in one place, then.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah, opposed
0: sure. to being at work and distracted by, a wonder what's going on over yeah. there yeah. or something.
3: Yeah,
0: and we have enough of those moments as working parents because when they're poorly or when something, you know, we're 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 rushing to make a nativity or a play or something. We have so many of those moments of being somewhere but being somewhere else. Uh-huh. Yeah, distracted by the kids or distracted by by work and what's going on there. So. To get that peace of mind with childcare is
2: important,
0: Um, and I love the fact that you also did a phased return, Ruth, um, because I think again that's one of the things that we often recommend, and perhaps using holiday to have a phased return, or um, you know, really thinking about transitioning back and giving yourself a bit of a soft landing to get back up to speed. Okay, fast forwarding. I mean, this year has been the most extraordinary year, and. So many working parents that we work with have been reporting extreme fatigue, close to burnout, um, just the most incredible year that's felt more like at times sort of living with work than working from home. How have you managed that, the sort of pandemic year of 2020?
1: So I think that we have not had the worst time
3: Mm.
1: in that at stew's gym closed yes
3: yeah. so in a way i i couldn't work uh which brings with it its own stresses but equally uh with the girls then being home like it was just quite a natural like change to make so my focus is now not work because it can't be uh, and i can focus on the girls and although like we don't have the greatest amount of space in the house and obviously for you know march through to summer we were kind of trapped into sort of two rooms a little bit of garden space yeah it was like it wasn't outrageous for us. I think just because we could make that, oh, I could make that shift. Um,
1: we were able to do a division of labor, which I don't think lots of my yeah. colleagues were able to. So Stu basically did parenting, schooling, and I continued to work, albeit slightly different hours so that, you know, gives Stu a bit of a break. Yeah. I, I know that I have friends who were doing sort of two hours on, two hours off, and and I, I can't even imagine how
2: how hard that would have been
1: the the thing that i found stressful was um the piece about transitioning so you're you're being a professional and then you open a door and you're a mother and then you're a professional again and then you're a mother and then you're a professional and in a in a normal time you just do that twice a day you get the train to work and that's your transition, and then you get the train home, and that's your transition. So I, I found the, you know, the on-offness.
0: I call that the sort of the role flip, and I so hear that. I found that stressful too. The fact that, um, you know, it was so immediate. There was no thresholds. You were either professional or mum, and I would in my in my breaks you know between clients I'd go down to the house and um open the front door and perhaps my, my youngest would be there immediately like velcro you know glued onto me what's for lunch what's for lunch and yeah. I'm so full of work good yeah.
1: what, I, <laughs> what I tried to do a bit at the end of the day was go for a run like a short run 20 minutes so that that was me returning as a mum like ready to talk about whatever it is
0: that so you put in your own thresholds to make
1: boundaries. Yeah, give myself a transition yeah. yeah because I it was stressing me
3: out and then the other thing that's really stressful is that your your work is always in the house like so you can't escape it yeah. um especially if you don't have like a separate office so Ruth is set up in the living room so then by the time you finish the day and you go into home mode you're in the same room it's the same the, yeah the office is still yeah so I can see why people are saying it's almost like living in the office that's it's a hard transition to make. So anything you can do, like say Ruth was going for a run or just Jim yeah, moving into another room for an hour. Like, and we've started having dinner together as a family, which we weren't doing before. And that's quite a nice transition into the evening. So Ruth will finish work. We'll all sit down, we'll have dinner. And then that's also another like nice cutoff. So that's, that's us in, in evening mode after that. So yeah, anything that kind of, I think sort of separates one from the other is a really clear, like this is when this time stops. Um, helps an awful lot
2: yeah
0: absolutely I'm I'm getting the gist that you guys are pretty good with boundaries and being good with boundaries tends to suggest that work-life balance as you know we used to call it could be better for you as a family what would you say about that
1: I think we're not always better in practice is the thing I would say I think we know what we should do whether you always live it is a different right. yeah. thing um but I think we do know what's important to us.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and so that that makes it better. Um,
3: and like when we don't get it right, like that's not an excuse to like blow up and have an argument. Like we haven't gotten it right. Let's kind of step back. You know, tomorrow's another day. We'll we'll have another crack at making it a little bit better.
1: And I think there's a piece here which is your balance doesn't have to come every day, right? Like yeah. balance can happen over a month or over a year. That you shouldn't be trying to do something so rigidly. It overall, do you feel like you're spending the right amount of time with each other, with yeah. your children, yeah. with your colleagues? Um, but in a in a more macro.
2: Such way. a
0: good point. I think so many people. Um, you know myself included at times get get hung up on working too much or you know but but don't sort of um, widen the lens and think about it from a macro point of view you know for the first three months of the year I tend to do things in three months blocks Mm -hmm. for myself because that's what works and you know how's things been there what do I need to put my my foot on the pedal in this area and take my foot off the pedal in that area and always sort of having to do a little mini review or check in with myself around balance yeah yeah and and I, and i and i hear as well we all know the theory don't we i mean you know i know the theory inside out being in my job but do knowing it and doing it yeah is, is two different things and, yeah. and there's only there's only ourselves really that are accountable for that you know that, that that we can choose to have boundaries that are incredibly permeable or not And and you know live
3: our boundaries a little bit better. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think so. I certainly notice when I don't get it right that it's my time with the girls that gets affected. So if I haven't quite managed to, I don't know, switch off from work or something that's not been done, it's it's my time with the girls that I don't feel is as nice as it should be. And I think that gives me a lot more motivation to just actually like I need to to fix exactly yeah fix it. And you don't get it right every day, fine, but yeah. Uh, I think that's a motivator. Knowing what's important is, is a good motivator to make yeah, sure.
0: Yeah, you- knowing what important right. is, is, is spot on, isn't it? And also it sounds as though you're able to forgive each other or, you know, laugh about it when it all goes pear-shaped, which inevitably it does, because family life is a bit chaotic and like that yeah. at times, isn't it? Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: So the ability to be able to go, yeah, yeah, we messed up there, or whatever it is. Yeah, really, yeah. really critical. Okay so so we've had this incredible year last year 2020 with the pandemic etc it's not over yet obviously <clears throat> excuse me but everybody's been talking about a reset and you know that they've had time for, for lots of people to think about how they want to live their lives going forward has that affected you guys as a family what what are the what are the sort of um, impacts of family life during a pandemic being
3: Yeah, I mean, I I think for me, it certainly forced me to look at how I was, how much time I was giving my business and how I was setting myself up. Um, And then I think that's had a knock-on effect in that I've realized that I don't need to, or either if if I'm working all the hours, then like my quality of work maybe goes down. So actually, I don't need to work the hours that I think I need to work. And if I kind of wind it back a little bit, um, then like things don't don't go pear-shaped like actually we can survive that way and Um, so
1: Stu has changed his working pattern quite a lot yeah as a result of covid in a way that is much better for him and much better for the family and probably wouldn't have happened without covid i don't
3: think it would have happened yeah it's a really big step to make to make some huge like step changes that covid has kind of enforced um which is just really interesting like i don't think those changes would have got made uh and then you wonder what path would have been taken you know had we not gone through those changes yeah Uh, it's interesting
1: so so that has been good for us as a family um so I feel like we're reasonably reset Mm. um I will go back to an office next year uh probably for two days a week max and I think that'll be good for me personally and I don't I don't think it's going to have downsides for the family we will continue to do the family dinners yeah. it just won't be every day and then that's been a really healthy habit which yeah. will continue hmm. so so i think it will probably come to the piece which is it's going to look different again how are we going to structure that again so that yeah, yeah so that it's as good for everyone as possible
3: yeah and keeping the bits that work really well for us and hopefully factoring in bits that will keep improving it again now that we can you know maybe go out and see friends of an evening or you know, go out as a you know, couple of an evening again um, and things.
0: I'm uh, in the need for another post-it note on the fridge. I like that, I love the post-it note on the fridge. Okay, one final question, um, which is we're asking all of our, our guests on the podcast is, in a post-COVID world, what are you most hoping for as a working family?
3: I don't don't know. I mean, I don't think it's too dissimilar from what pre-COVID we would be hoping for from the future and for the family.
1: I don't think it's what I'm hoping for, but the thing I know I will really appreciate is just the time that you spend with other people Mm -hmm. and the ease with which you can do that, the ease with which you can have people over, you can do playdates somewhere else, like the ease with which you will be able to connect. I know that I appreciate that so much more now yeah,
0: yeah. a lot more hugs when we're out of this
2: uh-huh.
0: yeah. I for one I think I'm going to ban air kisses it's just going to be bear hugs now <laughs> <laughs> I think that's
2: right. gonna
0: get a massive hug yeah. yeah 14 yeah. seconds so the oxytocin flows <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much really appreciate you joining you joining me today it's been great thanks so much for your time thank you i really enjoyed that episode and really want to thank Stu and ruth for the time that they've given us our next episode will be out in the next couple of weeks when we're going to be speaking to jackie holder who is the uk's number one journaling coach so be sure to listen out for that and how journaling can help us as working families but above all else please stay well stay connected and stay resourced